right, everyone. Happy second week of January and to everyone following the price of Bitcoin. It's quite bonkers right now. As we're recording this episode, it's sitting at 50,184 from a little Bitcoin ticker that I can see in on my computer. And today we're going to talk about hype versus adoption, really dive into that topic um, and focus on the areas that will help you understand the difference between adoption versus when the market is um, accumulated with a lot of buy-in based on hype. The second thing we're going to cover today is something that Keegan has been obsessed with lately. It's called a stock to flow ratio chart. And the last thing we're going to talk about is Peter Schiff. Uh, and for those who don't know who that is, just stay tuned and you will hear about it. Without further ado, you're listening to Keegan Francis in Rugakshi Palway, and let's dive in. The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Murgakshi Palway, and the guests interviewed on the Go Full Crypto podcast are solely their own. The content discussed are intended to be for informational purposes only. All right, Murgakshi, this has been quite the historic week. Uh, I personally have been flipping out every <laughs> single morning when I wake up to see Bitcoin uh, having between 10 and 30% gains on a daily basis. Uh, so... It was just so Bitcoin just crossed fifty thousand dollars Canadian Canadian right, and the last previous all time high that was long standing for about three years was twenty five thousand Canadian dollars, and so we're now the, okay. Hang on, yeah. when I when you said that, I, I I heard it differently. So just to be clear, it was an all time high of twenty five thousand Canadian about, and that's the that's the last price that it hit before it crashed. Yeah. And then this is the next all-time high, and it's been three years. Well, it's been like consistently setting new all-time highs for the last two or three weeks now. This is true. Yeah. And so it's just been personally blowing me away. I didn't anticipate it to rise this quickly. I did anticipate it to rise, but not this quickly. This is, this is crazy. So, well, I actually want to dive into that emotion a little bit more, Keegan. Why are you feeling crazy? Well, I wrote in, about this. Yeah, I wrote in the newsletter. So I publish a newsletter on a, a site called Substack now. And one of the first things I put in that uh, newsletter was that I wake up every morning thinking that I've missed out on Bitcoin. And if we're putting a, a four word label on that emotion, it's the fear of missing out. And so, yeah, I got into Bitcoin in 2015, but I still feel like I've missed out on Bitcoin. It's crazy. It's and I, I haven't. Right. Realistically speaking, I haven't. So it takes me about 15 minutes in the morning of just sitting in bed to convince myself that I haven't missed out and then I can get out of bed and start my day. But uh, that's that's my morning ritual. Well, I, st I still want you to dive into what really is making you feel like that, because we're talking about hype versus adoption in, in the first section of this particular episode. And, you know, just trying to steal men ourselves. Why are we so um, bemused by the price of one Bitcoin? Why are we so bemused by it? Yeah. I so I think this will tie in pretty well with the topic later on of stock to flow. But I think one of the reasons why I'm so bemused with it is, there, the, the, again, there will only be a finite amount of Bitcoin. And so 
like the time to buy more Bitcoin is when the price is lower. And then when Bitcoin doubles in the matter of two or three weeks, it's like, well, holy smokes, three weeks ago, I could have bought twice as much as like with the same amount of Canadian dollars as I could have uh, two weeks ago. So I, I want to bring us to talking about the difference between adoption versus hype, right? You talked about how uh, you feel like you're experiencing the fear of missing out. Yeah. Do you think that currently the market is experiencing FOMO, which is why we're seeing such a quick rise in the, the price of Bitcoin versus adoption? Like, what's your personal opinion on that? Uh, I think that it's both. Um, I think there's more adoption going on than hype, um, which is crazy to think about because if if we've seen this aggressive rise in Bitcoin in the last three weeks and that's adoption-based, then then when we actually see the wave of hype come into the market, that's it's going to get even crazier, I think. And uh, I could be completely wrong. There could be a lot of hype going on, and I think there is a little bit of that, just judging by how many Facebook messages I have. Uh, but I, th- I would go so far as to say that it's more adoption-based than hype at this point. Yeah, I think so too, because yes, I'm receiving a lot of messages on Instagram and Facebook as well, but there's one difference. A lot of my friends that are asking me about it are still only inquiring. My friends and whoever else is reaching out to me that has been following my content is still just asking about it. They're not going out there and saying, hey, I want to buy Bitcoin. They're, it's it's an inquiry of, oh, hey, I, I want to know more about Bitcoin. So I personally think that hype is garnered and um, perpetuated when a lot of people want to buy Bitcoin without really even understanding why they want to do it. And currently what I'm noticing is that it's an adoption cycle because we're seeing 10% to 20 to 30% really in the last week rise in the price of Bitcoin. And I don't see a lot of people going, oh, I want to buy Bitcoin. I want to buy Bitcoin. I want to buy Bitcoin. I will not be surprised if in the next week or in the coming month, we're going to hear some other company that has bought, I don't know, a million dollars worth of cash reserves um, or converted a million dollars worth of cash reserves into Bitcoin. I will not be surprised. I actually think that that's one of the the driving factors behind this last couple months of, of uh, price explosion. I think that these companies are hesitant to announce their position in Bitcoin right now, because if they do announce their position, that's, they're going to drive FOMO. They're going to drive FOMO and that, that will drive hype. Right. Well, and so like there's an incentive for them to remain reserved, maybe because they're actually buying over the period of a month or two rather than a day or two. And so they, they're going to maybe announce it later on when they're finished purchasing or finish the conversion process rather than as they do it. Because as soon as they mention or tweet storm about their new position of Bitcoin as a cash reserve, it's just going to trigger that many more people and businesses to, uh, to throw their money into it. And maybe they won't get as good of a price. Yeah, well, I actually think that it might be the opposite in some cases too, because um, I can see how a company is incentivized to announce that they're going to buy Bitcoin so that whatever they do buy, they can see, they can look at really doubling or um, increasing significantly their position in the Bitcoin market quickly by doing so, by announcing it. And like, there's two sides. We haven't, I haven't really heard any big news about a, a large institution buying up tons of Bitcoin just yet, but 
Yeah. Mass Mutual would be one of them. That I think that was pretty big news, actually. Mass Mutual is one of the largest insurance companies in the world. And they announced a, I think it was a half a billion dollar position in Bitcoin. And just for reference, they've got multi hundred billions of dollars in uh, of people's money uh, to for insurance purposes. And uh, if you don't know how insurance companies work, they, they basically invest in the stock market and that's where they keep your money. And then when someone files an insurance claim, they liquidate what they need to pay out that claim. And uh, it's a really cool testament to know that this insurance company is like, yeah, cool, Bitcoin, it's stable enough or it's good enough for us to allocate a small percentage of our total. Small. Per- yeah, small percentage, half, 500. Half a billion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> to, uh, to Bitcoin, right? It's, uh, it's a testament to how far Bitcoin has come in this last 12 years. That's an indication of adoption right there, right? Uh, like one of the largest companies, insurance companies who deal with risk on a regular basis, right? <laughs> Buying Bitcoin. Yeah. So I laugh when people are like, oh, yeah, it's too risky. It's a speculative investment. Really? How about this this <laughs> this multinational insurance company, one of the largest insurance companies in the world, Mass Mutual, who deal with risk on a daily basis? They're going into Bitcoin to protect your wealth or to insure <laughs> you later. So... I'd like to throw some of that in, in people's faces sometimes. <laughs> oh, gosh, Keegan, how do they react when you do that? I do it respectfully. Okay. <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> All right. Um, yes. And then, well, we we didn't know about the $600 million that MicroStrategy raised in debt to buy Bitcoin. So what we're seeing right now could be them buying up Bitcoin too. You know, a couple of companies doing this secretly, cool. silently. So this is a good time to transition into talking about stock to flow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm, it's very well be, <laughs> might be that uh, we butcher this a little bit, but we're going to do our best. Um, and do, do you have like an initial question to, to, to spur us off here? Yes. So for everybody listening and watching, we are referring to a website called digitallink.net forward slash BTC forward slash. If you just Google stock to flow ratio Bitcoin, it'll probably be the first or second link, digitalic, D-I-G-I-T-A-L-I-K, and it'll be in the show notes. Did I pronounce it weirdly? You you did, but you know, it's, <laughs> for some you might have pronounced it weirdly, and then for others, <laughs> it was probably exactly what they were expecting. The first time I saw it, I was thinking it's digi-italic with a K, dot net. I don't know why it's not just like stock to flow.com. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've conveyed our point. Yeah. So we're looking at this website and Keegan, I'm going to ask you questions. Okay. 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 Tell me what you thought of, what was your first impression when you saw this chart? Right. So the chart maps Bitcoin's stock. No, before you knew what it was. Okay. Yeah. What did you think? What was your first impression? Well, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's flat out amazing. Um, why did you think it was amazing? Because people spend a lot of time, energy, and resources into understanding the price of assets on the stock market or throughout the world. And uh, they can be very rarely be mapped onto a chart, right? It, it, it is pseudo-random or it behaves to market forces, which can't exactly be plotted on a graph. But yet here's this graph that seems to do a really good job of plotting the price of Bitcoin over time. All right. Why do you think that it does it semi-accurately? Uh, because you, you've got the, the prediction um, of where Bitcoin is going. And then in real time, you have the price of Bitcoin overlaid on top of that chart. 
And what that tells, we've been following this for about a year and a half to two years now. And so we're like, okay, shoot, is this actually following this? Um, and over the last year and a half, two years, it has been. And if we go back all the way to the initial price of Bitcoin in, uh, in 2010, then it's been following it fairly accurately since then as well. So it, it has a good past um, accuracy, but it also has a future and present accuracy as well, which is very impressive. It's uh, it's not, it won't tell you the price of Bitcoin on any single day, uh, but if it continues to adhere to the chart, it gives us a little bit of a, maybe like goalpost or, or a guiding principle for which Bitcoin follows. So tell me why it's called stock to flow. Yeah, so... What is what is stock represented by? Stock, so the stock refers to the, the total amount of Bitcoin in circulation and flow refers to the total amount of Bitcoin in the market at any given point in time. So stock is the total amount of Bitcoin in circulation right now. Yeah. At any given point in time. Yeah. And the flow, can you say that again? Yeah, I, I think I actually said that wrong. So I said that the flow was uh, the total amount of Bitcoin in the market right now, but that's that not... That should be stock. No, no, no. So the, the flow is not the total amount of Bitcoin in the market right now. It's the total amount of new Bitcoin being created or entering circulation through the process of mining. And if you need a refresher on mining, that's episode five of our podcast. Okay. Yeah. So Say that again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just uh, once again, stock is the total amount, the, the, the current amount of Bitcoin in circulation. The flow is how much new Bitcoin enters circulation over time. Okay, so why is this ratio important? Right, this ratio is important because when, and I, the reason why I was getting a little confused is because I also brought into the conversation how much Bitcoin is actually in the market right now being traded actively. And for those who don't know this, in May of 2020, there, the Bitcoin network underwent an event called the halvening. And that is a, it, that's when Bitcoin cuts its inflation rate in half. So before May 2020, there was 1,800 new Bitcoin entering circulation per day. And now there's 900. So that's the flow. The flow got cut in half in May 2020. And we can see that on this chart. Now, uh, within a certain amount of days after these happening events, Bitcoin goes through a, a 10x or a 40, between a 10 and a 40x um, increase in price, which is mind blowing. But it has consistently done this. It's done this. Uh, this is the third time that it's doing this. And it's shown right here on the chart. So I digress a little bit. Maybe you should reel me back in and... <laughs> and uh, Get me going on a, a new tangent. Well, I was actually just thinking that anyone who hasn't really read much into Bitcoin or heard about it, it's very um, useful to cover some bases. So base number one, Bitcoins is based on the principle of, principle of scarcity, which means that there are only 21 million Bitcoin. There can never be more. That makes Bitcoin a scarce asset. Absolutely scarce. At the second, the second fundamental to cover our base is that all of the 21 million Bitcoin are not in circulation. So to understand what in circulation is, just think of um, how, how much access we have to Bitcoin right now, uh, us as a world, as, as, a, as a market. So um, no, not all 21 million Bitcoin are in circulation. They can be brought into circulation by these computers called miners. So let's keep that aside um, to, uh, to leave that aside as a fundamental, but the, the point is that over time, there is less and less Bitcoin 
being entered into the market or being produced and put into the market. Into circulation. Into circulation. So those are the two sort of fundamentals that you need to know and be aware of in order to understand what the stock to flow thing is all about. So like Keegan said earlier, stock is how much Bitcoin is in circulation right now. And this is a graph, it's a chart. So obviously this changes every single day. It was different um, 10 years ago, 12 years ago. It's going to be different in the next 10 or it's essentially every <laughs> single day. So that stock, if you divide that by the flow, which is the number of Bitcoin that is coming into circulation, that is what is changing the or marking really the the graph. So Keegan, why were you so um, starstruck when you when you saw this? What was so uh, impressive about it? Uh, well, I've been in Bitcoin since 2015, and so I, I didn't necessarily play the 2017 bull run the right way. Uh, I didn't sell. So again, for anyone who doesn't yeah. know, sorry <laughs> Please, to interrupt yeah, no, you. Go ahead. So bull run. Um, imagine a bull. Okay. A raging bull. If there, if you probably have seen these advertisements or images where if you hold a red uh, cloth flag, flag yeah. and you're standing far away from a bull, if you wave it at a bull, the bull is going to come straight to the red flag. I want you to imagine that. Now, what the bull is doing, the, the run, the bull running from where it was before to the red flag, that is quite literally a bull, run. a bull running and to, to shorten it up it's bull run it's gaining momentum and it's charging towards a target exactly it's not looking left or right it's not stopping and going back it's not just sitting down it's it's raging and it's running in one direction and that's what we mean by bull run so before christmas bitcoin was oh gosh i don't even remember when when that was i think twenty five thousand canadian it was something like, like that, yeah. Between 25 and 30 before Christmas. And then since Christmas time to right now, it's had it has had a massive bull run. It's gone from being 25,000 Canadian to 50,000 Canadian. So if you bought Bitcoin at 25,000, you would have doubled your money with, or your investment In like three within weeks. a month. Yeah. yeah, which is crazy to think about, by the way. So that's what Keegan means by bull run. Keegan, go ahead. Yeah, I, I forget what tangent I was on, but like I just wanted to re like revisit the whole bull I, run thing. I tell you, I, I asked you what was so impressive about this um, graph. Right, yeah, and I started talking about the 2017 bull, bull run. run. Yeah, so we're in the same sort of cycle that we were in in 2017. We're in that... The but there's next, a difference. There's a, We're in the next phase of that cycle yeah, right now. What's yeah. the difference? Well, in 2017, the latter half of it was fueled much by hype. Right. It uh, it started as adoption and then hype sort of kicked in towards the end. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't sell Bitcoin at 25,000. When I, I did exit the market temporarily, um, I sold at around like 16 or $18,000. And that's you just paid like, off your debt too? Yeah, that's because I wanted to pay off my debt. And, yeah. and Bitcoin looked like it was crashing. I didn't know why it was crashing. I didn't have this chart to inform me on why it was doing this crash. Uh, so now we do. And that's not to say that uh, that we'll exit the market. It's just like, it gives us a little bit of assurance on what the market's doing. Uh, it gives us context, it gives us data. It's, a, it's another point of analysis that we can pull out of our pocket and say, hmm, why is Bitcoin doubling in a matter of three weeks? It's like, okay, this is why we're right in the middle of this next phase of Bitcoin's life. And if now, if the past is any kind of indicator for what it's going to do in the present, and oftentimes 
it isn't, but right now I'm I'm willing to say that it is, uh, then we can kind of use this to to maybe guide some of our decisions as a business and as a as two individuals that are invested in Bitcoin. Yeah, and and just FII corrections always exist. There is yeah. no perfect market where you can predict what's going to happen. Uh, when we're saying market, it's just uh, the market of buying and selling Bitcoin. Because in order for someone to um, acquire a Bitcoin, somebody else has to be willing to sell Bitcoin. And uh, right now, what we're seeing is there are a lot of people who essentially want to buy Bitcoin. So there's very high demand, but not very much supply and not very much supply at a price that uh, was whatever the price was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. And so I want to read you something that I, I texted to my friend earlier today. They they asked me, hey, like, what's all this? I hear Bitcoin is on the news quite a bit. Like what's happening right now? Uh, like what's driving the price up? And this plays into adoption and hype. And it's kind of like a mishmash of a sentence. But I said, look, uh, there's very little supply left in the market and tons of demand. You've got big adopters and institutional buyers. So adoption drives demand and that drives the price up. Price going up fuels hype, right? The media will cover it at that point. When the media covers Bitcoin and drives hype, that fuels demand, which decreases the available supply on the markets, which have, which fuels the price and drives it further up, which drives hype and adoption, which... And I could just go on and on and on, right? And so, Ruga, you called this what earlier? Oh, I call it uh, a sort of flywheel um, because I wonder how we can say that. Um, it's a positive feedback loop it, as well. Yeah, but how did it enter? How, did, how does this flywheel um, uh, running itself? Because once you have certain variables that are at play all at once, you there's, there's nothing more you need to do. It kind of just perpetually fuels itself however it gains a ton of momentum it gains a ton of momentum in this case though that it's going to gain momentum but we're definitely going to see a market where um, you know there's not a ton happening because that is essentially a cycle just thinking of the way that uh, this is a super random tangent but if, if you're at the if, if you're at a beach you're not going to see one really large wave and, and pause, that's it, right? There's a, there's a small wave, there's a small wave, there's like maybe seven small waves and then there's a large wave, but it has to keep on going. Sometimes the ocean is even silent. And when we have that roaring, big, huge wave, that's a bull run, analogous to a bull run. And then uh, the correction is essentially when the, the wave falls down, you know, everything is silent for a little bit and not much is happening. I can tell you what, what will cause that kind of a bull run is, or sorry, uh, what what would cause that kind of a correction? Uh, after the big price of Bitcoin rises so far, there's like each incremental price movement upwards will force or at least uh, prompt certain amount of sell uh, people that own Bitcoin to start selling, right? And as the price goes up and up and up and up, you've got more and more people feeling like they want to sell. And so that will inject more supply into the market and more people will want to sell at a particular price, and that will cause the price to come down. But Bitcoin has to go up and up and up to hit that critical mass of people that do want to sell. And if, the, if there's more buyers than there are sellers, the price of Bitcoin is going to continue to rise until the people that have been holding it for and, and, and buying it for so long 
um, want to actually part with it at a profit. That's that's when you'll see Bitcoin, the price of Bitcoin, come down, if 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 at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can we cannot know, and we, we cannot, cannot know. predict, and that which is why it's really important for you to have your reasons right. What what are, what is your reason to invest in Bitcoin? Is it because you want to get rich quick? Is that is it because you want to safeguard your wealth? Is it because you want to opt out of your authoritarian, uh, authoritative government currency and you want more freedom and control over your self-sovereign money? It really depends where what situation you're in, and if if any of if some some of those reasons will make you hold Bitcoin for longer and use it as a money um, than other reasons, for example, a get rich quick um, sort of option so yeah there we go if you want to take a look at this chart again it's at <laughs> d-i-g-i-t-a-l-i-k dot net and i'm thinking Ruga, when we put together the youtube video maybe we can just take a screenshot of this and tack yeah. it right on to the video what like during we talk when we talk about for this sure. for the people viewers on youtube absolutely this might be one of the episodes that you want to actually watch <laughs> yeah th- yeah this is correct um okay so One more thing before we go on to Peter Schiff. All right. I just wanted to wrap it up and say, okay, here's a couple things that that you can file into the adoption category versus here are a couple of things that uh, you can file into the hype category. When when news like CNN and Fox say like check out Bitcoin, I would almost certainly always categorize that as hype in some way, shape or form. But when mass mutual and companies decide to uh, to convert their balance sheets into Bitcoin, I would say, okay, that's adoption, mostly because that's actually what they're saying they're doing. They're saying we're adopting a Bitcoin standard. And you're like, okay, well, that's adoption. I'm going to add another difference yeah. um, in the media cycle there. So you've probably heard about Bitcoin in the media when they talk against Bitcoin, when they say, oh, Quadriga was hacked and $190 million were taken away from people because of keys. Like that's... That's incomplete information, and that might drive some people to. That has driven some people to believe, oh, Bitcoin, that thing that that no one can access because you have to keep that. Some if someone dies with the keys or something, then you you don't have access to it. Like that's that's what it drives um, people in main, listening to mainstream media to believe. It's different when you hear in the news, oh, um, um, an all-time investor has invested and just invested in Bitcoin, or this really famous company just bought $425 million worth of Bitcoin, or PayPal, something that we all know you like and trust, is now going to allow you to uh, pay via Bitcoin. So that the latter is where people who usually didn't pay attention to it would start paying attention to it because who they trust um, suddenly start talking about it in a different light. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Peter Schiff, for those who know Peter Schiff, awesome. For those who don't, just reading out his um, Twitter bio, he's a CEO or the CEO of Europac.com, chairman at Schiff Gold, founder of Pacific Funds, uh, host at Schiff Radio, and he's also on YouTube. He's got a YouTube channel called, called Peter, Peter Schiff. Schiff. Yeah, big on gold. This guy's really, really big on gold. So he's got his own own company. Uh, I think it's based out of Puerto Rico, which is a, a tax haven for for residents of the U.S. Uh, and uh, he's got this gold company where you can go online and, and buy gold from him, basically um, digital gold. That is like he says that you know we'll give you gold and uh, we'll keep a certain amount of gold if you buy it from our company. We'll make sure it's in our reserves. 
which is kind of a funny thing because Bitcoin coincidentally is named digital gold, which but you can own it directly, right? You don't need Peter Schiff to store it in a vault for you. You can, um, you know, you can have your own vault on your phone or in your fireproof safe, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so um, we want to start off with this tweet that he tweeted on the 26th of June in 2020. Someone, uh, okay, a tweet and a tweet and a picture. This guy called Max Kaiser, if you know him from the Kaiser Report. Oh gosh, I hope I'm getting that right. Okay, at Max Kaiser, he had this tweet, and it was a poll actually, and it says, the longer at Peter Schiff waits to buy Bitcoin, the bigger the panic buy. My guess, 50,000 triggers him. What price do you think triggers shift to panic buy Bitcoin? And then the four options were 25,000, 50,000, 100,000, and 200,000. So on June 26, 2020, the price of Bitcoin was none of the options listed above. Yeah, it was like 12,500, give or take. Yeah, and most people thought it would be 100,000. And so uh, now we just passed. 50,000. 20% thought it was 50,000. 25% thought it was 25,000. Anyway, before you say that, yeah, the response that Peter Schiff, Schiff um, gave to this particular tweet was, this poll is a fraud as none of the choices are correct. There's no price high enough that would cause me to panic buy Bitcoin. Also, it's unlikely that Bitcoin will ever actually trade at any of the price points in the poll. So it's hit two of them so far. Th that's true. He's been wrong about two of the price uh, the polls in the, in the pricing. And... How long do you think he can until he con converts into a Bitcoiner, if at all? Well, if I was to guess, I would say that it'll be his son that converts him into a Bitcoiner. And uh, we know that because him and his son, I don't know if this is like a like a scheme between the two of them to boost both of their Twitter profiles. But regardless, it's working like they're both extremely popular on Twitter. Uh, he's got this little bet or side bet kind of competition with his son. Um, I'll, I'll read you this tweet. So it's against my advice. My son, uh, Schiff Spencer, his name is Spencer Schiff, uh, just bought even more Bitcoin in this. When was this, Bruga? September 7th, 2020. So like kind of the start of the bull run. Uh, bought even more Bitcoin. Whose advice do you want to follow? A 57-year-old experienced investor slash business owner who's been an investment professional for over 30 years or an 18-year-old college freshman who's never even had a job? And... Here we go. The results of the poll. A, experienced professional, or B, the kid. 18% said the experienced professional, and 81% said the kid. And so. Just for reference, 82,906 <laughs> votes were cast. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good collection of votes. I, I do think that this is the, the results of this uh, poll are a little bit skewed because the. Uh, the Bitcoin community is they're viral. They are so ruthless on Twitter. So I would imagine that a couple Bitcoiners got together and said, hey, let's go swarm this poll and totally make Peter Schiff look, look a little silly. And that's that's kind of what they did. Uh, well, you never know. And it was well, because if not, you know, 80 percent believe the kid, 80 percent believe the 18 year old college kid who's I would say in with the times and believes that he knows more about um, money with respect to safeguarding wealth in a digital sense than his 57-year-old father, who, um, who, who is not open to even being curious about a different form of hard money.
Right, and and it could be that Spencer does know more about money than, than which one? Oh, Spencer should right Spencer, right. yeah, knows more about money than than Peter, right? Uh, so, I don't think you can say that. Well, no, I, t- I said it could be. Oh, right. Mm. I'm I'm just making a speculation. You let me finish. Okay. Sorry, I'm sorry. Here, where I'm going with that? Here, go back to the other tab. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so gold is gold and digital gold, like real gold versus digital gold, aka Bitcoin. It's too early to tell really, whether or not which one is the better form of money necessarily. Uh, like gold has been around for 4,000 years and we're 13, 12 or 13 years into this Bitcoin experiment. And that's that's pretty early. And I don't exactly know where I was going with this. So Sorry, is that because I interrupted you? <laughs> it might be, but it's okay. I'm sorry. We'll just carry the momentum. Okay, you'll remember later, don't worry. <laughs> uh, so the reason why we brought Peter Schiff into this conversation in the first place is because all of our you your our listeners and our viewers on youtube we're kind of wondering where you are in your bitcoin journey you know we've talked about hype versus adoption some of you might be the kind of people who want to wait a little bit longer and you know that's completely okay because it's it's your money you have to decide what you want to do with it um the reason why we talked about the stock to flow ratio is if you are a numbers person if you like looking at data and if you like some sort of reasoning as to why what is happening is happening, then that's a great place for you to go to and try to understand the chart and see if that makes more sense to you. And then the reason we brought Peter Schiff up is because this guy definitely has experience with investments and businesses and money and gold. However, this person, Peter Schiff, also seems to be very close-minded to a newer, more digital form of money. And if you are, if you were that, then our very humble request to you is to be open-minded towards new technologies, because we're not regressing into using older technologies or out-of-date technologies. We are progressing towards using updated technologies. And you if you if you gotta you gotta adopt you, you sink if you don't adopt what's that quote adopt or sink adopt or die oh gosh i didn't want to get yeah, it's a little bit there. more dismal but that is the quote I is think. it adopt or die yeah okay or it's change or die or something like maybe that maybe sink sink or swim is what i was thinking of but that doesn't make much sense uh, but that kind of makes sense yeah does it sink or swim swim with the tides swim we've been talking sink? about waves and surfing this earlier is true. yeah so Go sink or swim sounds all right Sink or swim. You can, like, when that massive wave comes, which is what's happening right now, you can swim with it, right? Ride it. Or you can get crushed by it. Because if you've ever been surfing, it's actually, it's pretty painful to get crushed by a wave. I, I don't know how that relates to, <laughs> to people. It doesn't. In Bitcoin. Okay, no. <laughs> cool. Uh, cool, cool. I'm glad you said that. All right. So. Um, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Peter Schiff has built a, a business around selling gold, which is... And then Bitcoin comes up and it's this decentralized form of digital gold that directly competes with this business that he's been building for a decade or two. And so it's really reasonable for Peter Schiff to want to protect and safeguard the interests of himself and his business. So I don't know whether or not Peter Schiff actually owns any Bitcoin. And I don't know whether or not his his Twitter profile and the stuff that he puts out is actually just for fueling more business to his business, right? It could just be that he is, is a Bitcoiner because his son has convinced him. We don't really know. Oh, gosh. And then the last thing, I like Peter Schiff. 
He's been on the Joe Rogan podcast quite a bit, and like we just kind of trash talked him a little bit. In the I last... don't think we trash talked him. We just talked about his just, opinions. Just a little bit. Okay, maybe you trash. Maybe maybe just. A little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, I like I like Peter. I like his opinions. He's a really smart and intelligent dude, uh, but maybe slightly misguided with respect to Bitcoin. Or just close-minded. You don't have to be misguided. You just have to, I guess, be close-minded. Because yeah. I, I just I don't I don't know how someone would read information about bitcoin and still say that it's a scam i just i don't understand that's what i mean by misguided like okay if, if he's still calling it a scam then like obviously he's read some not obviously but he's read some information that's like geez like what did you consume to have you arrive at the conclusion that it's a scam it's like no one's running this scam if it is one <laughs> or everyone's running it and we're all doomed which is amazing <laughs> can you imagine if every bitcoin in the world like a hundred million people who all are or from just, different countries speaking different language are simultaneously running the scam yeah you know ridiculous to think about ain't it keegan it's a little bit ridiculous <laughs> yeah all right so we're this is keegan i mean you, you people know him i'm Rigakshi, and um, just a quick riff on what we do is we guide people's um, journeys as they enter Bitcoin. If you're a newcomer, we can consult on your investment strategy on how you can get onboarded into Bitcoin. Um, and that requires a little bit of education, too. So we're not just going to, um, you know, drop you into the ocean and have like just from the, the boat tell you how to what gestures to do to swim. We'll actually swim with you. I mean, show you exactly what you need to know in order to adopt this form of money yeah we walk the walk we, we don't just talk the talk we've yeah. got most of our uh, our cash reserves for our business and and personally in bitcoin and that's because we we don't just talk about it and want to make a buck with it by starting a business around it we actually believe that is that a better it, form of saving and storing our wealth yeah well said there we go so that's us we if should spiel a little bit about sharing all oh, uh, right <laughs> yeah all right so if, if you enjoy if you have been enjoying our content, which we hope you have, if you've gotten this far into this episode, please tell your friends about it. Maybe tweet about it, put it on Instagram. I do a lot of stories on Bitcoin and just generally about the world of crypto on my Instagram handle, which is just my name. So at Ragakshi, M-R-U-G-A-K-S-H-E-E. And Keegan talks about it in his letter most recently. He's going to also start an exclusive newsletter at the end of this month, if anybody wants to join. Um, but you write a letter every single week talking about the chronicles of, of Bitcoin as yep. you see it. That's and, right. you know, you want to get into Bitcoin. You have so many options when it comes to us. So don't hesitate to send us any of your questions at ready at gofullcrypto.com. And that's all Regardless, for now. You mentioned that if people like our podcast, they should send us the stuff, but like send us a message telling us that they like it. I want to hear from the people that don't like our podcast. If you've oh, been yeah. listening to our stuff and, and you're like, hey, I don't agree with that. junk. Yeah, yeah tell <laughs> us why. <laughs> yeah, please, we'd love to know. That's going to be great, actually. I, It'll I would, be great feedback. Yeah, we'll respond to those ones too. Yes, we will. Thank you for taking the time to tell us that we're junk because... Uh, you know, that's very valuable time for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and talk to you next time.